Oh, hey guys. What are you, what are you doing on the Draftmaster? Well, it said I needed to install the wizards. What? Was... What? No. No, don't. No, don't do that. And no. And enter. Ha ha! Magic missile! Ah! Oh! What have you done? Ah, quick, we have to go to theme song! Or counter Magic spell. Missile! Or theme song, I guess. Yeah, it's... Or counter spell. It's... Is it, can anybody throw the same type of magical fireball at him at the same time? That's how you counter spell. That... I don't have any Th blue That's mana. outdated rules. Sorry. Oh, shit. They changed it? How do yeah. you counterspell now? You, you just, need the spell counterspell. Yeah, you just use counterspell or oh. dispel magic. That makes more sense. Yeah, it's all just dispel magic now. Yeah, it was always weird because, like, you'd imagine that magic users could, like, adapt. They didn't have to know the exact same spell in order to cancel it out. Yeah, yeah, it was a dumb rule. Silence! It's a theme song? I cast Silence! Uh, theme song. He's out of. He's oh, there he cast theme song. That means oh, okay. they're totally fading in okay. now. It's cool. He's he's about out of spell slots. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to Draft the Universe, the Nerdfight Battle Royal. This is the podcast where we pick the topic. Last week, we picked our favorites, and this week, we will use these picks to fight to the death, or maybe just for bragging rights. I'm Jafar. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we're here today to debate wizards. If you're just joining us for the first time, uh, we're using last week's episode. We made our draft picks, so I suggest going back and listening to that for context. And then coming back here for the debate. Or Context you, is for or, kings, or, or you not know, for wizards. Just, just Listen, I'm going to say that after every debate intro from going forward, guys. So I, if you got jokes, maybe save them. I think you should jump in wherever you would like to jump in. There's no true way to... It's just uh, a recommendation. There's it's no hard true role. way to devour this podcast except for going back to episode zero listening all the way up until right now and uh, by by the time you catch up you'll just you'll you'll, you'll we'll, get a better we'll podcasting so it doesn't matter you'll get a better experience Ooh. by the time you've caught up <laughs> you'll understand our dense nuanced metafiction or at least are essentially abandoned so yeah <laughs> all right well um so yeah wizards we we drafted our favorite wizards last week including yeah. our three band picks our no-no picks. Our banned picks, which we will not mention by name here yeah. as they are banned from being brought up. Which was is too bad because uh, this last week after we drafted, yeah. uh, Glorianne taking a break from her new commissioner duties, Henry and I watched a uh, movie on Disney Plus uh, about uh, a Will Smith genie helping a kid become a prince. Mm, I'd banned. I'd really, banned pick. No, no, no. I'd really like to hear more. Unfortunately, we are specifically prohibited from discussing uh, the 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 evil sorcerer from the, that film. No, no, no. The Disney uh how do you call it? A minus minus. We can't say that other word. We're only allowed to talk about Disney minus. Oh, okay. So Disney minus. Oh, okay. Yeah, we don't so, want to get sued. So Disney minus times minus, we cannot. That's a no-go. Yeah, cuz we all know yeah. what a double negative is. It yes. was very good. Yeah. 
But uh, here's a twist. We did um, forget a very, very prominent wizard. We did. Yeah. Which was, it's absolutely ridiculous that none of us mentioned this wizard last week. Yeah. Uh, Chris and I were talking about it yesterday and we're just like, how did we not mention this wizard a single once? Yeah. Uh, we must I be- thought of several possible options. I don't know who you guys are talking about. Yeah. It's are you talking it's, about it's, Q? It's as ridiculous as like, you know, six foot uh, platforms uh, shoes. You know, we yeah. must be we, six foot platform shoes. We must yeah. be deaf, dumb and blind, really. Yeah. Uh, to, to have forgotten about this. Yeah. I mean, we were making our picks last week and we just stood there like a statue. Yeah. Just this completely flew over us. Yeah. There has to be a twist. But who could you guys be talking about? How do you think he does this? Right? Like, we, we told him, like, just do your normal thing that we normally hate. Yeah. And he what's, what's he do? He doesn't do it the once. Yeah. <laughs> it's a song by The Who. Yeah, We know. I, I, we know. I, I punned back at you. We, of course, forgot to mention Tommy the Pinball Wizard. Yes. That. I was playing in. <sighs> I know, Ben. It's just... It's all right. One one day we'll figure out comedy as a trio. Until then, we'll just keep making episodes of this podcast. Yep. I prefer our flavor of doing comedy at each other uh, <laughs> personally. <laughs> yep. I mean, hanging out with you guys has become a lot more fun outside of podcast when we just do comedy at each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we've stopped saying uh, save it for the podcast because we know that our A game is never going to come out exactly on time. Um, <laughs> just just use it while you got it. Yeah. All right. So for those of us, uh, those of you rather, uh, who are just joining us in the bunker, um, last week we did our draft. This week we are going to do the debate. How the debate works, because we have new listeners with our new season, presumably. Let's hope so. Um, is um, we have a pile of criteria here that were given to us in a giant wizard's hat Mm -hmm. Uh, the criteria are usually waiting for us at the table we tend not to question it this wizard's hat is very smelly and deep we're going to go through two rounds of debate where each of us will debate each other uh, once in each round Uh, we will make the pick on who we are going to use from our draft before the criteria is announced so it's a surprise. The criteria will then be read by the judge. Each of us has a chance to make an argument, and then the judge will decide the winner. Mm-hmm. The winner gets a point. The top two point scores go on to the finals, where we will determine the winner of the match. The winner of the match gets glory. The runner-up of the match gets to pick next week's topic for the draft. And then third place will get first pick on that draft. Mm-hmm. And uh, those three people will be in order, me, Jaffer, and then Ben. We'll see. Yeah. Usually. Usually. So, with that said, let's get started. Wow. That was a very concise uh, description of our rules. I've Maybe been working we on it. put into an episode zero sometime. <laughs> we did. We described it in episode zero. We described it in new episode zero XL. Yes. Um, we described the podcast with that. So if you didn't listen to that and you're still just jumping in, that is but the if you're basic still, overview if you're of our still, rules. If you're just jumping in, make sure you listen to the right one. There are three. <laughs> the, there are other rules to the game that we play. Um, we do have a tie-breaking rule. We have um, no drafting on top of each other. There's the 
the band picks. There's all kinds of things. No, As no they picks. come up, we describe them. But for the most part, that's all you really need to understand the game. So mm-hmm. the first match is Chris versus Ben. All right. Because we go in order of the draft. So Chris had the first pick. Ben had the second pick. First match is Chris versus Ben. All right. I'm going to come strong out of the gate. Um, this, this, this fantastic, which is never seen, but felt. So Ben, I hope you're ready to face into a corner against the Blair Witch. The Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. Now, all that horror, all that terror, all that camera sick motionness. Yeah. Uh, who are you going to pick, Ben, to go up against that? It's not nearly as bad as that other camera motion. Cloverfield? JJ, yeah, Cloverfield. Wow. Yeah. It's not nearly as bad. Honestly, watching the Blair Witch, like Blair Witch Project, it's, it does not give you motion sickness. It does give you a heavy case of the spookies. Says you. I was playing Witcher 3 earlier today, which I'm actually picking up and trying again now. Um, and Witcher Sense makes me motion sick when I use it and move around. Don't use it and move around. Yeah, yeah. that's because the auras that follow objects once you've got have it on look like you're about to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it was it was rough. Yeah. Um, so you picked a uh, a witch who works by fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, works by trying to to scare you. Well, I'm going to uh, pick a a witch who went up against some of the most terrifying things and came out clean. And she's not going to be worried about all that motion sickness because she can stabilize everything and make it float around her. I'm going with Matilda. All right. All right. Blair Witch versus Matilda is the first round. You don't find contests like these on any other podcast. I guarantee. Nope. <laughs> all right. The first round. Criteria. Pitch the perfect toy tie-in for your wizard and how a busy father would kill a poster worker to get their hands on one just to stick it to Phil Hartman. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Play the jingle all the way, Stinger. Jamie, no! <laughs> uh. Turbo Man, save me! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... We, we have that. It just played. Yeah. I know, but I like it. Okay. Okay, so um, the Blair Witch is, like I said, seen... Or, or not seen, but felt, right? Yeah. Perhaps heard. You can hear some cackling, I believe, at a certain point. Um, I think in order to preserve the integrity of that original film... <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, Unlike the sequels. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike the sequels. Uh, They actually do have a um, a design uh, for the Blair Witch, but we're going to throw that out. Um, We're going to stick to like the... This is is a late 90s uh, pitch, so none of the other films have happened yet. What we're going to do is we're going to go backwards. Okay. Right? So rather than show you the Blair Witch, we're going to show you the origins of the Blair Witch for your toy tie-in for for the toy tie-in okay right um, so we're gonna we're gonna do like a spin-off for a toy tie-in for a toy tie-in okay yes um, uh, in order to do that um, we're going to need to cast uh, somebody um, 
Somebody to play the, the witch at a very tender age. Okay, just to be clear, for a toy tie-in, yes, you are you are not doing anything related to the actual movie here. No, I'm. Well, I mean, it's it's tangentially related. I'm to, tying to the, in to the I'm, Blair Witch. I'm tying in, okay. but I'm. It, of I necessity. just want to make sure I'm on the same page. That's all. Yeah, of a necessity, I have to go a little bit outside because I could just do. Um, you know, three very scared backpackers as action figures. Um, I mean, I figured you just have an empty box. That that was also too easy. Um, but regardless, we, we're going to need to cast somebody young. And I think to kind of like drive the contrast between like the person who is and the, the witch they will become, the, mm-hmm. you know, v, you know malefic- Maleficent. Uh, or malevolent, malevolent. Yeah, yes. Maleficent is a different Maleficent, witch. Different, yeah, different thing. Um, although <laughs> now on Disney minus. Although similar, similarly, you know, like how they did an origin story for her. Yeah, um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cast somebody young, um, somebody kind of adorable. Um, they're gonna be living with their parents when they discover that they have magical powers. Okay. Um, and it's really going to be a failure of the system that ends up forcing them towards the dark side. Um, they're sent off to a school after their parents die. Mm. Um, the school is horrific. I, I feel like I've there's almost some, seen this there's, movie there's, before. There's some, uh, just some uh, brutal instruments of torture. Yeah. Um, uh, like, really, like there are some, there are some scenes in this tie-in that would remind you of uh, Seven, right? Seven Deadly Sins. You yeah. Know, you see a. Um, you mean uh, this, the film starring? Uh, uh, Brad Pitt and Gwyneth uh, Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, a box. Well, uh, the other main character. Uh, hey, a box. You, no, no, the, no. Hold on. The you, other detective. Uh, you can't talk about Gwyneth Paltrow's box anymore, man. The internet <laughs> has turned on that. <laughs> it's full of jade. <laughs> oh, oh, you're right. Actually, Morgan Freeman what? was who I was trying to get you to say. Weird world we live in. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue, Chris. But yeah, there's a kid who eats a ton of chocolate cake and gets really badly sick. And okay, um, you know, like a, a brutal uh, head headmaster of of, a, of the school. It all culminates in um, the young Blair Witch uh, kind of using her powers to unite the students and and overthrow this headmaster. And so what we're gonna have is a uh, a lovely little action figure of of a girl who has not yet um, succumbed to her evil destiny, but in, okay. in which the seeds of evil have been planted. Um, and that is of course, Matilda. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So Chris's Blair, Witch toy tie in is a Matilda action. is a Matilda action figure. Ben, your Matilda toy tie in. Okay. So as tempted as I am to now go and pitch a Blair Witch Project toy, <laughs> I actually, during that, that whole thing, came up with what I think is a pretty fun Matilda toy, and even era appropriate. Ooh. So one of the, the, the cool uh, effects-heavy scenes in the film is when Matilda's sitting in her living room making things fly around her. Mm-hmm. And another one is when she uh, uh, pegs Danny DeVito in the throat with a carrot, and it's very, <laughs> very funny. So my Matilda toy is a Matilda that is sitting there on on the couch and it has carrots floating around her and then you hit a button and it, you know, they're spinning and it releases one and you also have a Danny DeVito with a giant mouth and your goal is to hit Danny DeVito in the mouth. Oh, so it's like one of those board games? Yeah. Like the mod, there's a lot of like the pie in the face board games. Is it something like that? Well, except it's uh, just two toys. You're not hitting, you know, you will use it to hit your little brother or sister. Okay. But 
Yeah, ostensibly, you're just supposed to hit. We're not. We're not talking about cream pieing, Danny DeVito here. Okay, that's a different show. Okay, cool. Well, um, my choices are two Matilda toys. So I think I can just go ahead and declare Matilda the winner. Yay! Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that, that, was, that was pretty easy for me. I'll take it. All right, Ben, you get the point. Woo! Next match. I pitched Matilda first. Damn it. <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> I, cre- I created a brilliant extended universe. Um, honestly, both of you lose because neither of you tied into Jingle all the way. So. Oh, true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ben versus Jafar is the next match. Chris, go ahead and draw that criteria out of the wizard hat. Ben, lock a pick in. Okay. I will go with the Wizard of Cupcake Mountain. Ooh. All right. Brief refresher on uh, who the Wizard of Cupcake Mountain is. It is a song by the band Perry Grip. He is the wizard who defends Cupcake Mountain. I think Perry Grip's a dude, not a band. I I assumed it was like uh, Five for Fighting or anything else where it's just the band is the dude is the band. Yeah. Kind of like Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Like if you if you search up the dude's name, you won't find it. But if you search Perry Grip, you will. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, you have the Wizard of Cupcake Mountain. Mm -hmm. I will come at him with the Wizard of All Cupcakes and everything else in the kitchen, Alton Brown. Ah, okay. Wizard of Cupcake Mountain versus a wizard who could create a mountain of cupcakes. Yes. I also did really appreciate we had forgotten. I believe every single episode this new season we have referenced Dalton Brown. Good on us. (laughs) All right. Let's keep going. (laughs) Let's let's hope that continues to be a positive thing. Dear God, Alton Alton, Brown. Alton Brown, patron saint of our podcast. (laughs) I saw the man make ice cream with a fire extinguisher. He's so wacky. (laughs) All right. uh, Wizards are all about spells. What's your wizard's best spell? Ben. When it comes to to wizards, it's important to know uh, not only what you can cast, but what you can conjure. Okay. Because... Everybody really likes the flashy spells, you know, the fireballs. That's the reason the, that all wizards are bald. The fireballs. Um, the the turning somebody invisible, the throwing up huge waves of force. But truly powerful wizards are able to summon great relics to themselves. And that is something the Wizard of Cupcake Mountain is able to do. Mm-hmm. He is able to summon the Vorpal Sword. Oh, snickety snack. Yeah. The Vorpal Sword is a sword that always cuts true. As mentioned, if you go back to our comic books episode, I drafted a comic book that heavily talks about the Vorpal Sword. But the Vorpal Sword always hits what it's going for and always kills on the first strike. And mm-hmm. the Wizard of Cupcake Mountain is able to summon the Vorpal Sword. What happens if you... Like... Swing the Vorpal sword without a target in mind. Do Nothing. You, do you kill everything? No, you you only hit you only, you kill what you aim to hit. What? So if, if you didn't aim for anything, you don't hit anything. What if the person that you want to kill isn't there, and you swing the Vorpal sword? Well, I mean, it's bound by the limitations of its reach. Okay. What about if you wanted to kill the Earth and you hit the ground with it? 
No one has been uh, crazy enough to try, Chris. That's true. We're doing a good enough job of that with fossil fuels. Yes. Okay. Jafar. So Alton Brown has a handful of spells. Most of his spells are ones he's created. He doesn't really rely on other wizards, uh, groundwork, or anything that anyone else has. He's very keen on making his own thing. Though sometimes it's restraints from sex shops. (laughs) Just let me get to my fucking bit, Ben. Okay, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) God damn it. Let me scroll down more. Uh, Whether it's roasting meatballs and egg cartons uh, to take all the fat out. Um, spatchcocking a chicken and putting it on a panini press. <laughs> oh man! Right? Oh, right! Oh, How the crisp that the crispy skin. Yeah. Oh, Alton Brown, you maniac! Yeah, it's great. And also, I got to say, spatchcock. Yes. Um, Elton Brown, though, probably his most famous form of wizardry is the curse. Namely, the curses on uh, Kitchen Nightmares. Mm-hmm. Uh, of my w- personal favorite is the High Stakes Salisbury Challenge, where he had them ha- make a Salisbury steak from about six feet above the table with giant length implements to use. Um, I'm going to show you guys a photo here. Because <laughs> um, it's hard to describe. I'll- so they're up on a uh, they're on a platform, a platform and they've got like what do you think that is like a six foot spatula something like that and a, a yeah a six foot and uh, the, plat- fork the platform says high knife. stakes but stakes is spelled S T E A K yeah and he's like held up by it all it's it's pretty great um, so uh, creative cursing is definitely Alton Brown's uh, strongest game all right who um. So we've got um, the Vorpal Sword, Snickersnack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got a Spatchcocking Curse Wizard. Yes. I'm going to say that on the merit of uh, that a wizard ought to have a sense of, of the dramatic and of, uh, of showiness, that I'm going to give this one to uh, Alton Brown. Mm. Um, Mostly because Jafar said spatchcock. Spatchcock's a really fun word. Spatchcock is just... It's For those who don't know, spatchcocking is no, no, a way it's to... Better. It's better if oh, they don't. Okay. No, tell people. <laughs> Today's word of the week is spatchcock. Look it up. <laughs> spatchcocking is opening a chicken up so that all of its meat is like roughly uh, the same width throughout. Um, yeah. Basically, so yeah, you sp- splay a chicken as flat as you can, mm-hmm. but still keeping it for the most part whole. Yes. It's still one piece of bird. One of my it's favorite, spread out. one of my favorite uses of, of spatchcocking is actually to spatchcock a turkey. Yeah. My mom will do <laughs> How that. How huge for, is that? It's, it's, it's pretty big. big yeah. But yeah. My mom will do that for Thanksgiving yeah. some years. Yeah. It's actually better overall just to like, it cooks significantly faster. Yeah. Huh? It's better. It's better to part the bird out. But if you wanted to kind of like keep the bird together for like the presentation, then spatchcocking is mm-hmm. the way to go. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about, um, uh, hosting Thanksgiving for my family this year coming up. Um, probably my wife's family rather than my family, just due to size constraints of my house sure. and size constraints of my family. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking that I might sous vide a turkey. <coughs> yeah. I think practice that once or twice yeah, first. Practice that's, that. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. Guess who's going to benefit from that one? So I've actually. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this is a puff turkey. <laughs> <laughs> So that I, I've heard of people spe- of uh, sous viding uh, chickens before, mm-hmm. and the problem ends up being that in order to get a crisp on the outside, which most people find desirable, you end up cooking it too much and it kind of goes over. So maybe if you do it like... So like there's a, a handful of things you can do to prevent that. Yeah. Um, you guys can talk about off air. <laughs> yeah, we're getting we're getting pretty NPR about this right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just after your meat comes out, throw it in an ice bath and then use a torch to crisp the outside. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Next match is Jafer versus Ben. Chris, go ahead and draw. No, you guys just did it. Oh shit! Is Jafer versus Chris? Yep, yep. Let me. It's been a minute since we've done one of these guys. Mm-hmm. Our normal debate episodes. I, yeah, it's been right. a number of months since we've recorded one of these. Can I have just an, a single moment right here? Of course. Spatchcock. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we have an episode title. All right, so Jafer versus Chris is the next match. So, Ben, go ahead and draw a criteria out while we lock in our picks. So, I got to admit something, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm real excited because today is, and I've, sa- I've said this a number of times on pod, actually, I'm sure. Today is my favorite day of the year. Today is my favorite holiday. Yes. If you weren't aware, it is the Royal Rumble. Ooh. Um, I'm very excited for the Royal Rumble. I am always very excited for the Royal Rumble. It's my favorite sporting event that happens on an annual basis. That's um, rough. Bar none. Because it's not very good most years. But it's always <laughs> fun. It's always this fun. Thing, this <laughs> thing about even a bad rumble still has people right. coming you didn't expect. You're guys right. getting hit out of nowhere. Yeah. Like it's rumbles are always fun. And for me, the Royal Rumble, the spirit of the Royal Rumble is the spirit of professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, I will, I will always the remember. undead spirit of professional <laughs> wrestling is the Undertaker <laughs> who I am taking this round. I will always remember the first uh, Royal Rumble that we all watched together. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I never remember the guy's name, but in attempting to run out towards the ring, he slipped and oh, went completely under. Titus O'Neil, Titus O'Neil Titus last O'Neil. year. Yeah. yeah. I think that was two years ago. Two yeah, years ago is, is a couple. Last, last year, they did a bit about it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, that's there was fun. a leprechaun underneath it last year. Yes. Yeah. Oh. We should watch the Rumble tonight, guys. Okay. All right. Chris, lock in your pick. Um... Ooh, this is a tough one. Who do I think can take on the phenom, the phenom, um, the undertaker? Um, if you had something that was helmet motorcycle laws that would defeat him instantly. Yeah. Or or some sort of regulation concerning CTE, um, in wrestling (laughs) or just a gradual incline. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's why he, man who lived a long, that's lived a tough life that's yeah. why he has motorcycles now yeah <laughs> okay um i'm going to go uh with um someone who is quite literally the opposite in in almost every way um yennefer of engerberg okay all right two two opponents who both love black yeah yeah that's both. true a lot of black yeah yes all right Pitch the Disney Minus show for your wizard. 
<laughs> oh. Okay. All right. So, uh, Disney Minus is new, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which means that I don't get the advantage of having a young Mark Calloway to start it. And unfortunately, uh, The Undertaker's wrestling days currently are pretty much behind him. Uh, yeah. You know, he had a very good, very long, very storied career um, over 30 years in the ring. Um, but he can't really go like he used to. And rather than subject him to something that is he's not able to do rather than force an attempt there or anything else, I think the best route we can go on Disney Minus is to go animated. Mm. Right? He can voice The Undertaker, right? And we can go from there. So this is going to be an animated show. So that way we don't have to worry about uh, Mark Calloway's crumbling athletic ability. Much respect. And or you're bones. In, you're much, and you're in much better shape than me still anyways. Uh, but I don't want to put him at any undue yeah, risk. At the beginning of his career, calling him the dead man uh, was it was a fun gimmick. Now it is rough, roughly accurate. So... Um, we're going to go animated. Um, we will get um, Glenn Jacobs, uh, Kane, to also voice a character. He is currently a mayor, but he's a Republican, so him and Disney are probably tight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we will go and uh, do this show with the two of them. Uh, we're going to have uh, Paul Bearer Jr. Mm. in this show, and um, he's going to be not like his dad at all, right? Like you think Paul Bearer, you know, the urn, the voice, the whole the whole deal, right? Like stout dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking we get John Mulaney to be Paul Bearer Jr. And he's like trying to keep up with Undertaker and Kane mm. in their antics in hell. Oh, nice. I think, unfortunately, that since you've taken this long to pitch your idea, WWE has just made this cartoon, and it's now available for $9.99 a month on the WWE Network. I know they do have a few animated shows out there. They do. They do. <laughs> Most of them? Eh. I, I'm <laughs> Road surprised. Stories actually is fun, though. Um, anyways, so yeah, that's my Disney Minus show. All right. Chris. Try to pitch us some kind of hypothetical streaming show <laughs> involving the characters of The Witcher. I'm actually also going to do a um, animated. I'm also going to do an animated. You know, they announced this last week, right? Uh, yeah, but that's an anime thing. Um, this is going to be different. Okay. Okay. So uh, I think that what's missing right now for The Witcher uh, as a fictional universe is an entry point for the kids. Um, oh, yes. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not there right now. Um. And, you know, like, I think this was a a weakness that Game of Thrones never really got over. Um, They, of course, had kid, um, you know, kid actors. um, But those kid actors quite grossly eventually grew up and had to be naked on the show and made made tons of people very confused. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to The Witcher. I'm fine with being attracted to the adult um, uh, adult uh, ladies. and not, I don't even know what the fuck happened. Did I just have a stroke mid-podcast? <laughs> Do you smell burnt toast? <laughs> is that what The Rock is cooking? <laughs> let's, let's hope not. 
Okay, so we need uh, we need a way for the kids to to get into this universe. Get it, you know, like kind of uh, gateway drug, right? We want them to be engaged with this. We want them to be playing The Witcher Seven when it comes out. You know, yeah, that's going to be the one where Siri um, is in Camelot. Yes, yes, The Witcher Seven, um, because The Witcher Four is going to be Siri. Um, Actually, that's just cyber, cyberpunk. Right? Yeah, cyberpunk. Yeah, it's 2077. Yeah, yeah, with Keanu. With Keanu. Yeah. Okay, so it's going to be a cartoon. It's going to be very cute, right? And here is the premise of the cartoon: all good cartoons have some sort of like antagonist, protagonist, doing some sort of like endless struggle. Sometimes it's abstract, you know, like Courage the Cowardly Dog is always fighting his own cowardice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Tom and Jerry, of course. You've got that, the Roadrunner and uh, Wiley Coyote. Wiley E. Coyote. Yes. Hmm. Um, so here's what I'm imagining. Um, the show will be primarily focused around Yennefer trying to hook up with various mages and elves and Geralt every once in a while, um, but being constantly foiled by Siri, who is like bright eyed, bushy tailed, and very innocent, and just can't understand why Yennefer wants her goddamn privacy so it's a cartoon about a cock blocking princess yep (laughs) real relatable for the kids there chris it's Mm -hmm. one of those it's one of those cartoons where like if you're an older person watching it you get something extra out of it but for the kids it's really just going to be about siri having a bunch of fun and yennefer being weirdly cranky and i'm gonna bet that it's gonna make a lot of sense for some kids whose parents are you know bad Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I had my, my mind was changed on this one. Yeah. Because as somebody who has seen uh, Scooby the Scooby Doo WrestleMania film, I've seen a cartoon Undertaker, and he was about as charismatic as the Undertaker's promos. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I threw John Mulaney in there. Yes. Uh, which did help. Um. And I was really on board with Chris's pitch until it all became about Siri cock blocking Jennifer, uh, which does not sound like a kid's show to me. It does sound that's, like that's the subtext of it. It does then. sound like exactly the kind of show Chris would enjoy. <laughs> um, but Chris is not a kid and not the target demo for his own show he pitched. But then I remembered, no, yes, that Scooby Doo WrestleMania movie is that bad? <laughs> so I'm giving it to Chris. <laughs> I regret ever buying that for your wife. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, that's the end of the first round, and we're all tied at one point. So let's go ahead and move on to the second. First match is Ben versus Chris. Mm. I'm looking forward to this three-way tie um, because the new rules, I believe, indicate that we settle it um, with dueling. Yes. Yes. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with the OG, the number one, Merlin. Mm-hmm. Chris? Uh, Abrica, fuck Merlin. I'm going with Taco. Taco, Taco? Taco, Taco. The Flip Wizard? The From same. TV? <laughs> All right. Your criteria is what makes your wizard the shoe in for a wisest wizard competition? Hmm. For those who don't know, Wisest Wizard is a game where you drink a beer, then duct tape your next beer to it, drink that, and continue 
And whoever has the longest wizard staff at the end of the night is the wisest wizard. Mm -hmm. This game is also referred to as wizard staff. Okay. Ben. So. When you're going to be a wisest wizard. There's a few things you need. One. You need fortitude. Merlin is hundreds, if not thousands of years old. Guy lived between uh, the building of uh, Stonehenge, which by giants. Well, he did it. Yeah, with 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 giants, right? He did it with magic. I thought he did it with giants. What's the meaning of Stonehenge? Nobody knows. Giants Jaffer, all what the was way the, up. What was the year uh, that happened? Stonehenge? Yeah, 500 BC. Um, I don't know off the top of my head whenever Galen showed up. Okay. Um, and he lived from there. I think that was like 13,000 BC. Okay. Well, okay. but uh, he lived between that uh, all the way up to the Arthurian age, which was sometime after uh, uh, sometime between 400 and 1000 uh, AD. Okay. So, guy's been around the block. Also, yeah. you know what makes you really good at drinking? Being a uh, a recovered attempt at the Antichrist. Mm. Hmm. Like, yeah, you're not evil, but you can drink like it. Okay, that's fair. Also, whenever he he he's getting near the end of his reach and he can't quite go on, you know who can bring him that next beer? Archimedes' owl. Hmm. Okay. He doesn't even have to get up from his perch. All right. Archimedes is bringing it to him. <clears throat> um, Taco's got a couple of things going for him. Number one, he's fabulous, right? Mm -hmm. You can't underestimate how important that is um, when it comes to, to making a wizard staff. Yeah. You got to have some charisma to see you through. Um, he's got some good support. He's got friends who will be there for him every step of the way friends who have been there for him through all sorts of hijinks, including just murdering people and then hiding the bodies. Um, uh, but I think probably the, the, the number one thing, the reason that taco will win is that he will absolutely cheat. Oh yeah. He totally will cheat. Won't yeah, he? He'll absolutely cheat. He will not drink all of the beer or he will maybe cast like purify food on his stomach to make it not, alcoholic he will not fight fair um and merlin i think is bound by attrition uh and will never see it coming okay that's a really good point merlin's Chris. pretty underhanded i don't know how well you know your arthurian legends he famously shapeshifted a guy so he could bang another guy's wife yeesh <laughs> and that's where arthur comes from <laughs> who yeah remember Different sensibilities at the time. <laughs> okay. Well, if they're both going to cheat, and I could see that happening, um, one definitely more than the other, but still. I, I'm going to say one of them has a has a helpful support staff. The other one, Taco will have passed out, and then Merle will remember, oh, should I have been healing you this whole time? Well, here, here's the <laughs> right, guys. In my opinion, um, you both neglected to mention a key component of being able to win a game of wizard staff, um, which is your choice of drink, right? Mm -hmm. What you go to battle with determines who walks out 
in a lot of battles, and that's definitely the case in Wisest Wizard. And Merlin, I could see drinking more traditional ales. It's an English lager. Yeah, exa- you know. Well, it wouldn't be a lager. Why not? Because they couldn't brew lagers then. You saying Merlin couldn't brew a lager? Merlin could probably brew a lager. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't know the difference between an ale and a lager, though. So there's that. Mm-hmm. That, that distinction wasn't made for several hundred years. So he's just going to drink traditional English cask ale, which the yeast for the alcohol percentages, it's in his favor. Taco is fabulous and bound by flavor and he's going to be drinking some high he's going to make a show of what he's drinking and he knows he's going to cheat and he knows he's going to win before he goes in so he's going to drink some like elven triple bullshit mm-hmm. that's like 25 percent just to prove the point of how much better he is than merlin and all it takes is him forgetting to cheat once and he's fucked I, I, eh. I would argue that Taco is probably pretty capable when intoxicated. <laughs> yeah, but it's the long haul game, and I can see Merlin putting back enough and waiting, and waiting, and waiting. So I'm going to give this point to Merlin. Okay, I think Magnus just rushed in though and has clobbered Merlin. <laughs> okay, well. That happened after the decision, so it does not affect the outcome. Sorry. Also, he comes in and he fights uh, Arthur, who has a magic sword. Um, we're that not getting. Can't be we're defeated. not doing Magnus versus you wanna, Arthur, guys. Do you, no. you want to roll guys, for initiative, motherfucker? Guys, guys, he guys. can't be hurt while holding Excalibur. It's magic. We we have like three more rounds to go, guys. Come and on. He doesn't have robot arms, so Magnus is at a disadvantage. Ben gets the point. Merlin out drinks taco. We're moving on. All right. Okay. We just lost any chance of being on the Maximum Fun Network, and I hope you guys are happy. (laughs) (laughs) The next match is Jafar versus Ben. So, Chris, go ahead and pick out that criteria while we lock in our picks. And I am going to take Sabrina Spellman. And I will take Quoth. The Raven, nevermore. Once again, another matchup that will only ever exist on this podcast. Yes. Okay. Your criteria is, what is your wizard's theme song? Most on-brand wins. So my wizard's had a number of theme songs, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because there's been... A couple of incarnations of uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch mm-hmm. or uh, yeah, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, I would like to posit a different song, however, um, of, of the lineage, right? And maybe something that uh, kind of uh, encompasses how I feel about everything. Related to the character.
That, of course, being the theme song to Clarissa Explains It All. Yes. The other, other show b- Melissa Joan Hart is famous for. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I heard that. I'm like, that's the wrong show. But was it? So I posit that Clarissa is herself the same wizard as Sabrina. Mm. Known for her magic, referencing the fourth wall, and just basically getting her way for everything. I mean, that show I've always always thought she has some incredibly permissive parents if they don't care that her guy best friend just uses a ladder to climb up into their teenage daughter's bedroom whenever he wants. Yeah, that's... Hmm. It's the rules of sitcom. Yeah, I never yeah. really... Hmm. I understand it's supposed to make show their quirky relationship, but it's also just like, hey, just use the front door, man. Let us know you're here. <laughs> right? Like, we've got sighting. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really dangerous. We don't like you, but we care about you. <laughs> just use the door. Right? It's like, we know what's going on. We're not going to run up there and kick him out. Just, uh... Just stop ruining our windows, please. <laughs> yeah, if he falls and breaks his back, that's on that's, that, on, yeah. that's on us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Ben. Okay. So, we're talking about uh, the wizard quote from uh, the Name of the Wind yes. uh, series. What was the Name of the Wind again? Uh, was it Melvin? If I say the name of the wind, then I control the wind, and it will destroy the inside of the bunker. Mm, let's not. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's either Melvin or Mary. So he is Quoth, the son of Arden, also known as Coat, Reshi, uh, Madri, Red, Elir, Dulater, uh, Shudaker, Lightfinger, Fuck. Six String. I love this novel, and I'm hating this. Quoth <laughs> uh, the Bloodless, Quoth the Arcane, and Quoth Kingkiller. I feel like there's more titles you forgot. Well, that's all the ones that are listed on the Kingkiller Chronicle wiki. Okay. Uh, but it's also a book where knowing a thing's name gives you magical power over it. So knowing the name of the wind is what allows him to have control of the wind. It's Melvin. Yeah. So, of course, it might be Melvin for the man with many names whose goal is to learn all the names. His song is, you know, my name by Chris Parnell. Wait, or no, no, Chris Cornell. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Parnell is the voice actor. No, Chris Parnell covering, you know, my name. <laughs> you know what? He sang before. It wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> I was going by memory. I didn't pull it up on YouTube like <laughs> somebody. The coldest blood. I, I, I can't do it. Chris Parnell. I can't do it, Chris Parnell. Chris Parnell is like a fucking, um, you know, the what's the name of that one uh, member of uh, Starfleet on, on Deep Space Nine who's all gummy and sleeps in a bucket? Odo. 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 Chris Parnell, in his natural form, when he's not trying to be somebody else, is Odo. <laughs> I can't even remember what he's like. He's like... Well, you just have to remember... Uh, he the, takes on the shape of, of the container he's supposed to be in. Yeah. Hmm. If you just remember uh, the wonderful Lonely Island music video Chronicles of Narnia, <laughs> he's yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. Right. So we know he can go hard. Getting those chronic whatcals of Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> but you know my name. 
by Chris Parnell. <laughs> yes, by Chris Cornell. By, by Chris Parnell. By Chris no, Parnell. It's, it's, I was real damn close for going off the dome, man. That's true. Oh. Even with the switch up, I'm liking that you know my name. Yeah. I'm going to give this one to Ben. All right. All right. <laughs> Unfortunately, Javert, if you had had a member of, S- of an SNL cast, Sing yours. I might have signed with you. <laughs> no, 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 by, by uh, uh, Kate McKinnon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last match before the finals is Chris versus Jaffair. Hokey day. And Chris, you lock in first. I'm going to go with um, the one and only Tichuba. Who? Tichuba. She was the uh, servant in uh, Salem during the witch trials who uh, was falsely accused because she happened to be black. You mm-hmm. you didn't draft that, Chris. I did. No, you didn't. I did. No, no, you didn't. Your remaining picks are Usador and Hermione Granger. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that, was, that was one of your honorable mentions. Hmm. I did not take good notes. Some Damn. things never change in the you know second what? hundred you know episodes. I'm actually pleased because Hermione Granger is a much better pick. <laughs> I'm going to take Hermione Granger. <laughs> okay. Even Usador on the field, man. It's like a game of mittens. <laughs> and I will uh, take Dr. Stephen Strange. We both know that the game thing. of mittens is all about the long game, Ben. It's all about the birds. <laughs> all right. Let's hear that criteria. All right. A wizard is nothing without their familiar. Who has the best sidekick? Chris. Um, Hermione Granger is in her own right. Uh, a, a brilliant wizard or which right. Uh, regardless, I don't I don't know if it's gendered. I think it is in the Harry Potter world. I'm not surprised. Yes. Knowing what we know about J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Um, she is a just fantastic intellectual in her own right. Without magic, she's still a formidable person. Mm-hmm. Um, she can out-research you. She knows more than you. She's not afraid to, to, to show it. Um, she does have a pet named Crookshanks, but that's not her sidekick. Um, her sidekick is somebody a little bit more powerful. One prophesied uh, to destroy the Dark Lord. Um, and really, without without uh, Hermione's help, uh, could not have done so. I was really hoping this is where you were going to go. It's the best kind of sidekick. It's like the... The one who, through the main hero's intervention, is able to do great things. Um, so Harry Potter. Harry Potter is Hermione Granger's sidekick. You cannot convince me otherwise. Uh, he would have been dead in the first book without Hermione. That's true. <laughs> yep. All right. But if he died in the first book, maybe that's a good thing because I mean, he had to die. Well, also, like, one, he had to die to kill the piece of Voldemort's soul that was residing in him. 
right? So that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Two, he needed Harry Potter's blood to actually regain form, and I think it was the Goblet of Fire that it's happens. True. That's true. So without that, also mm-hmm. then, but but killing Harry in the first book with all of the Horcruxes remaining in 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 is is basically but he wouldn't have the ability to gain corporeal form again so maybe he wouldn't have been able to rise in the same story regardless regardless harry potter totally hermione's sidekick i'm on board for that 100 (laughs) percent sure (laughs) maybe there are some gaps in the ways magic work in the in the harry potter universe you mean that author isn't as put together as everyone believed what are you talking about no she she knew it all from the from the very beginning (laughs) all right Dr. Stephen Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're th- probably thinking... His- Is that when you do magic after sitting on your hand for a few minutes? <laughs> <laughs> a Dr. Stephen Stranger. <laughs> Is a flying Dutchman when you do that to the Edmund Fitzgerald? <laughs> 26 times. Anyways, so... Uh, <laughs> Dr. Stephen Strange um, has an assistant in Wong who's kind of his valet, handles stuff, gets a lot of shit done. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Also, not who I am positing oh, is no. his side, sidekick. Sure. sure. But now I um, want a tuna melt. So, um, Dr. Stephen Strange, um, specifically, we're going to focus on the most popular version of him, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe here. And we're going to... So the 70s TV show where he's got the porn stash? I said said Cinematic Universe. (laughs) Um, So we're going to focus on Endgame and Infinity War here for a moment. Okay. Just for the main basis of this relationship. Um, And we see one of the main characters, someone who is considered a hero in his own right. Um, God, I can hear Alex screaming from here. Um, (laughs) just knowing what i'm about to do hey everyone's Um, a hero in their own way in their own not that heroic way so um someone who uh you know gone and done a lot of the save the world stuff beat a lot of the super villains uh brought together you know the avengers effectively um accidentally created one of their worst enemies uh you know kind of got lost in his own thing there for a while the whole deal right i'm referring of course to iron man who is so completely and thoroughly manipulated by Dr. Stephen Strange in every single interaction they have. He has no recourse but to do exactly what he wants at any moment. Which is saying something for the most contrarian character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Exactly. It's the way he manipulates Tony Stark into killing himself at the end of that movie is just sublime. So uh, I'm going to say that his sidekick is definitely the Iron Man. Yikes, man. Ripped of context? That sounds brutal. (laughs) I didn't say he was good to his sidekicks. Uh, These are two really good answers. Props to you both. Mm -hmm. I am very... High five, Chris. We're winners. Only one of us will win. (laughs) I am legitimately torn. Are you burnt? Well, I might Stinger. be. Uh, <laughs> but uh, knowing how badly your answer hurt uh, uh, Alex, I believe <laughs> the damage is already done. So I'm giving this one to Chris because <laughs> I've won both ways. <laughs> All righty. 
All right. With that, we go to the finals, which is going to be Ben versus Chris. All right. So go ahead and lock one in, Ben, and hand me that wizard hat so I can grab that last criteria. Okay. I will go with Merlin. All right. Chris? I will go with Usador. Okay. Who? (coughs) (laughs) Save it. Save it. You'll have a chance. Okay. You're the criteria for the finals of our wizards debate. Wizards need love too. Describe the perfect first date planned by your wizard. Oh Lord. <laughs> ben. So it's post Roman Britain and you are the greatest wizard to ever live. Yeah. Well, but does. you know what? Sometimes you get lonely Sometimes you want to go out on the town. So you know what you do? You get yourself scrubbed up and cleaned. Use the same magic you use to clean up uh, your pots and pans and just get yourself a good scrub down. Get yourself looking fresh, smelling nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you head out onto the town with your, your faithful uh, owl friend, uh, Archimedes. Because mm-hmm. who doesn't love an adorable owl? Nobody. Except maybe mice, but you know, there is no better mice. Am I right? Yeah. But there's no better way to, you know, go meet your intended than with a cute animal companion who can also understand English and like help out. You take, take her on a uh, lovely carriage ride. You go out on top of some moors. You look out over the the beautiful sunset and the the greens and grays of of England. Mm -hmm. You magic up some wonderful uh, English stew, some hearty bread. Sounds nice. I don't think England exists yet. Well, close enough. As as a concept. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, I mean, that's what Arthur historically is, is the first king of the English. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We can argue it's really Alfred the Great, but, you know. Sure. Because he's quote unquote real. Yeah. Ugh. The Butler King. Yeah. Uh, the Butler King? Yeah. Because he's making a Batman joke. Because oh, he, okay. Because you gave him a chance to make a Batman joke. I understand. Yeah. Kudos. Uh, <laughs> so now you've, you've, you've had a wonderful hearty meal. You summon some puff pastry desserts. Mm. You know, probably the best, you know, anybody outside of Camelot has eaten in, in a long time. And you just listen to the, the, the music of the night, the crickets, the birds, the uh, waves lapping at the coast. And then, you know what? Let's go visit. Let's end the night off perfectly. Visiting your undersea friends in the city between uh, England and France. And you take your intended down there and just go to this nice, beautiful B&B, you know, down there where you can just watch the waves and the fishes swim around that's what the gargoyles used to hang out Mm -hmm. okay that's that sounds very nice yeah so what i'm supposed to answer here is how a date would go were it planned by (laughs) yeah wizard of the 12th room of ephesius master of light and shadow manipulator of magical delights devourer of chaos champion of the great halls of tarakas 
The elves know him as Fiang Yali. The dwarves know him as Zonanin Hudstangis. Hubastank. And he is also known in the northeast as Gasmainus Maestar. Gasmainus. However, to the lovely young lady that he is taking out for dinner, call me Usador. He skips the names. He's classy like that. I wish you had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he takes her out for some spatchcocked turkey. Ah. Yes. Found a way to work it in again. Mm-hmm. It's do, nice. Do you know where he went? Where'd he go? Alt Brown's kitchen? To Hogsmeade. Oh. Okay. Because he's a wizard and he gets to go to Hogsmeade. Okay. He sees Hermione Granger and says hello. Hi, Hermione. Hi. Yeah. They have a wonderful time. But you know what? It's it's not quite perfect until they go outside afterwards and they feed some breadcrumbs to the pigeons in the park. Okay. Because everybody likes birds. I like birds. I don't think that it works out because it's not his... I don't think this is his, his one, but they do. They both have a good time. You know, maybe they do it once, once more. Mm-hmm. But it's okay if it doesn't work out in the end. Do you know what he didn't do, though? What didn't he do? He didn't transform her husband into an animal before the date. Mm, that sounds classy. Yeah, it's very classy. Didn't there was no sort of hijinks like that. Mm. Just some spatchcocked turkey. Mm. A nice way to say it again. A nice little cameo from Hermione Granger. Okay. Um, absolutely no contact from the Blair Witch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then just feeding feeding the birds in the park with absolutely no rapey overtones. Mm. Well, if there's a perfect first date, I know it doesn't have any rapey overtones. <laughs> let's can we let's just all say we agree with that. <laughs> cool. So Chris wins. <laughs> rapey overtones. <laughs> all right. So Chris wins the match. And, no, I'm uh, serious. What what are you guys talking about? You, in in your previous argument from Merlin, you mentioned how he turns somebody in, into oh. an animal to have sex with their wife. No, no, he he uh not an animal, he turned them into uh he disguised them as the person's wife or husband. He disguised himself? No. Oh, he disguised he, somebody else. He turned one king into the shape of another king because he was having a war because he loved this queen so much. And then the, the progeny turned out to be Arthur. There was no animal, but there was, but yeah, the, but there was not some, good, but there, that's not, there was some problematics. Yeah. But that wasn't Merlin's date. That was, I'm trying to stop a war. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, not good, not defending it. <laughs> cool. So I win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Ah! <laughs> All right, Ben, you get to pick the topic of next week's draft. Okay, for next week, we just did Wizards, mm-hmm. which I've been looking forward to for a long time, so I'm really sad I lost. Uh, second. Yeah, but I just, I wrote a thesis paper on Merlin. I really like Wizards. <laughs> um. Okay, for next week, make sure you grab your quarters and tell your mom you'll be home late. We're taking arcade games. All right. All right, so we'll be back next week to draft our favorite arcade games where I will have the first pick and Chris will be able to ban 
first. Okay. So, I, I'm wondering what I'll ban. I was, t- I was motioning for you to take us out there, not to fill the voice space. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ban DDR, I think. Yeah, that's rude. Yeah. Because I know that... I'll Jaff- take DDR, too. I know that Jafar in high school really liked DDR. Okay. I or, did. Yeah. I didn't know that. I just guessed it. <laughs> I mean, knowing what we know about Jafar... Well, thanks as always to the Kickstand Band for our theme song, How It Feels. You can find their music at thekickstandband.bandcamp.com. And feel free to shoot us an email at draftuniverse at gmail.com. Let us know what topics you'd like us to cover in this new 100 episodes. And as always, join the conversation on facebook.com slash draftuniverse. You can follow us on Twitter at draftuniverse and engage with us and our social media manager, Keith, there. We'll see you next week, Internet. Oh, hold on. The, the name... The name of the wind is not Melvin. I, it's Melevin. Oh! Oh!